0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Addiction and Codependency Breakthrough. And I, listen, I was actually mid oatmeal. I'm sitting here eating my oatmeal this morning and I had to put it down and make a video because I was thinking about something that came up in group yesterday. You know, at the Codependency Institute, we serve people that are impacted by addiction. All right? So we we have a group for just spouses that are dealing with addiction, like should I stay? Should I go? How do I deal with this? How do I set boundaries? We have groups for people who are dealing with codependency breakthrough, all different kinds of things. But in this particular group, the the topic that came up was so good that I was like I cannot hoard this information. <laughs> I I said something to one of our participants in our semi-private coaching, and I thought, I need to say that to more than just the people that are here in this group today. I need to shout this from the rooftops because it's something that you I know are wrestling with on a daily basis when you're in a relationship with an addict and alcoholic. And that is the question of trust. Now, how it came up in our group yesterday. Was which is anonymous, so I'm not going to give details about anything other than what was said. The question was, how do I? I'm. I, it was brought up like this: I'm having trust issues. Okay, I'm having trust issues, and I'm like, all right. So tell me about the trust issues. Well, I I know that you know when so and so isn't going to meetings. Uh, I'm tempted to be like, hey, tap him on the shoulder. Aren't you supposed to be somewhere right now? You know, getting really nervous about somebody who's supposed to be in recovery doing the damn thing. And if they're not doing the damn thing or not, the urge to control. And then she said, and he gets so mad at me because he says, when are you going to trust me? You're going to have to just trust me or why can't you just trust me? I don't think that that's an uncommon question for a lot of addicts and alcoholics that decide they're going to get better and then they say things like that to our their loved ones. And I know it's not their fault because honestly they believe the thing that they're saying. You know, somebody comes out of treatment or decides to get better, they actually have a belief in their heart that, that, that they're going to really do it. You know, they're not setting about, you know, like, oh, I want to fail. You know, they're thinking, yeah, I want to be successful. And they're believing everything they say, but sometimes when that self-doubt comes in, they project their lack of belief in themselves onto you. And it becomes your responsibility to trust them so that they can feel some type of way. All right. So here's what I did with her. We actually gave her what to say. And I do that a lot in my groups. I think so many people who come to me to work with me through the coaching have tried other things. You know, they've gone to therapy, they've gone to Al-Anon and things like that. And listen, those things are absolutely incredible and amazing for support. But my, my clients are coming in because they want to know what the hell to say. They want strategic advice. And so I do that a lot in my groups, but what I don't always do is come on here and share that here as well with just everybody else who's listening to the podcast or watching the video. So I'm going to give you some things to say to your partner when they talk about this trust thing comes up. So... The first thing is just even believing that you have trust issues. And I know I've made other videos on trust issues and I will link uh, those videos, you know, when to stop believing an addict or how to, you know, how to rebuild trust. I have so many videos on that here, but as I keep doing this work, I realize more and more that it's not really a trust issue that we have, you know, we really don't have a trust issue because you have an incredible amount of trust you have what's called negative trust, meaning you have watched somebody continually do a behavior over and over long enough that you have trust that the bad thing is going to happen. You have trust that the bad thing is going to take place because so many times that bad thing has taken place. So that's called negative trust. And in order for you to actually build trust and another way of being that's only going to be through consistency and time. And even then I have family members, even in our parents of, of addicts and alcoholics group, where the parents talk about there's their children are sober for, you know, a year or whatever, five years, sometimes and the phone rings and they still go into like a PTSD response where they start sweating. They start thinking, Oh my God, the the shit's going to hit the fan. It's, it's all over. And I don't think that, you know, I think just putting it on ourselves, like, oh, it's our stuff. We have trust issues. Um, Yes, there's an element of responsibility that we want to work through those things. But the responsibility of um, trust is an inside job, right? And what you're learning how to do on this journey is you're learning how to trust yourself on this process, you personally, So your trust issues aren't in other people, right? Because you can see other people jacking up. You can see other people screwing up. You can see other people making bad choices. But what happens is you've been gaslighting yourself out of your own brilliance and seeing for so long that you've stopped trusting yourself because you talk yourself out of what's happening all the time. I know many people can see when somebody's waffling in their recovery or they've used or they're not doing the right thing. And we're like, well, we just don't want that to be true. We so badly don't want that to be true that we start talking ourselves out of it and creating this conflict within us. And that creates the trust issue. But what I help people do is get back to that divine intuition that kind of always knows what the hell's up, always knows exactly what's going on and helping you cultivate that inner trust again from, from all the damage that's been done. Okay. So if it's your job to trust yourself and learn how to get into that divine intuition, then why would it be your responsibility to trust the addict or alcoholic if it's an inside job? So here's what I want you to practice. When an addict or alcoholic is saying to you, well, you just don't trust me and I need you to trust me, I want you to practice different versions of saying the same thing. And I wrote some different ideas down so that we can we can practice some of these things. So here are just some blanket statements that you can say. When they say, I need you to trust me, or you need to trust me, or why don't you trust me? Or when are you going to trust me? The first response is, hey, I'll likely trust you whenever you can trust yourself. You know, so many, and that's just simple, right? It's not a big diatribe. It's not a big dialogue. It's not a big dissertation on trust. It's just, hey, I will likely trust you once you know you can really trust yourself. And somebody can be delusional and be like, well, I trust myself right now. But, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of denial and addiction. So I know deep down that they're only projecting that need for trust onto you because, in fact, they don't trust themselves. Right. So it's like I want to borrow your trust until I can trust myself. So you're going to say, you know, you don't need to borrow my trust right now. You can cultivate trust in yourself. You can do what you need to do to trust yourself. And the more you trust yourself, the less trust you're going to need to borrow from me. That's another way to say that. You can also just very directly say something like, "I, I you can't expect me to trust in something I haven't yet experienced or seen. That's unrealistic to ask somebody to trust in something they haven't yet experienced or seen. But once I start experiencing and seeing it, I'll be happy to start to trust it because that makes sense, right? That's another way to say that. Another way to say that is you can't expect me to trust you when you can't trust you. That's just another way to say the the thing I said first, You you can't expect me to trust you when you can't trust you. And I would follow it by saying this, when you can trust yourself enough to have your own best interest at heart, like I'm saying this to the addict or alcoholic, like I'm looking him right in the face. When you can trust yourself enough to have your own best interest at heart, then I will trust you enough to have my best interest at heart. But how can I possibly trust you to have my best interest at heart when you don't even have your own best interests at heart? Man, Amen. Look at these ways. Now I know so many times my clients tell me in these group, semi-private coaching sessions, Heidi, I need you in my back pocket. I've, when I was teaching at the treatment center and helping thousands of people on a daily basis, they were like, can you just travel with me and, and I'll put you in my ear. But I promise you, if we end up working together or we stick around with each other long enough, it does transfer over right? like Every good coach is working herself out of a job. Every good teacher is working themselves out of a job where in the beginning you rely on me to get to what to say, but eventually you get so good at this that it just rolls off your tongue. And then- (laughs) And sometimes your spouses are like, oh, did you, did Heidi teach you that? Did Heidi, you know, and, and they'll kind of get annoyed, but I, I don't care. Let them be annoyed, honey, because the brilliance is shining through and now it's coming from your mouth directly, but you can borrow a little bit of this until you can get to the point where you know exactly what to say. Okay. So you can't expect me to trust you when you don't trust you. You're looking for me to trust you when what you really need to do is to learn to trust yourself, right? You're looking for me to trust you when really you need to learn how to trust yourself. And I need to learn how to trust myself. We're all learning how to trust ourselves. And if we just focus on that, trust in each other will happen as a result of that. It's your trust that you need, not mine. That's another like one-liner that you can say something. I don't need you to trust me. Hey, no, it's your trust you need in yourself, not my trust. You need to trust in you, not for me to trust you. You do have that trust. Like I've said, you have that negative trust because you've experienced something over and over and over again. And like I said, you're learning to trust yourself just as they're learning to trust themselves. Now, here's what you can do if you want to be positive, because I know you love this person, right? You, you want, you don't want to be like negative. Uh, I think what happens is when you're really in a toxic with an unhealthy person, they'll say things like, I mean, these, this is so standard toxic shit that I, I don't even know how to like, I mean, it's like cliche at this point well, if you're not going to trust me, I might as well go do the damn thing. If you're not going to trust me, then hey, I might as well, you know, you don't trust me anyway, might as well. I mean, it, it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life, but we've been hearing it so much. It's like a cliche. We hear it and then we think it's true, you know? So you expressing your deepest truths to the person that's addicted, okay? You saying to them, hey, when I have experience." And with when I've seen and experienced the behavior that you're promising for a long enough time period, trust is going to come. That's a natural byproduct. We're worried about saying the damn thing because we're worried about how they're going to react to the damn thing we say. And you can't, that's called codependency. Codependency is like, man, I have a truth that I want to speak, but I don't know how you're going to take it. So I'm going to change the truth or put a ribbon on the truth or put peanut butter around the pill that I'm going to give you or put velvet on my hammer. I remember one time I said to my brother and I were talking and I was like, man, I know sometimes I've heard people say, you need to put, you know, velvet on your hammer when you're telling people stuff. And then, and he's, you know, he said to me, he said, "Heidi, um, houses don't get built with velvet hammers. You know what I mean? What are you doing in your life? You're building foundations. You're building houses. We need to crack some shit if we're actually going to make a difference. So we can't be afraid to say the thing, but we are, and we are for good reason, because we've been trained to believe that relapse is our fault, that we make people drink, we make people, and even though you can know this logically that you don't do that, subconsciously you still believe it because it dictates your behavior. And that's what codependency is. Codependency is walking on eggshells. Codependency is buffering what you're going to say. Codependency is strategizing, manipulating, did you say something so that you get the right reaction that you're looking for? And we help people break free from that all day long in our codependency breakthrough program. All right. So we have, we've got you covered there. I know all of the issues that you're experiencing in this dynamic. That's why I serve this population of people who are impacted by addiction because we're an underserved people. All right. There's help for people, addicts and alcoholics everywhere. I live in South Florida from, from, uh, you know, Uh West Palm beach to Miami, there's 3000 meetings a day, but there's not a lot of help for people that are impacted by the addiction. So I get caught. I just had a consultation from UK. I just got a, uh, another consultation from South Africa. I've helped people in Switzerland. I've helped people in Germany all over the world and the U S obviously there is not a lot of help for us. And so even if you are saying something that is triggering somebody up, There are a multitude of places that person can go in order to talk that through. They can call their sponsor. They can go to a meeting. They can go to therapy. They can go to the treatment center place. They can do whatever they need. And so, because people really don't relapse because you're speaking your truth about your lack of trust. People relapse because they're not working at recovery, period. And abstinence is not a recovery plan. Abstinence is a no shit. Abstinence is, yeah, no shit, man. Now what? You know what I mean? Because how are you going to work on your behavior and your coping mechanisms and your your lack of ability to tolerate stress and all the other things that recovery builds up in a person? So when they say to you, if you don't trust me, I might as well go drink, can you just remember that I'm saying to you that that is the big, biggest crock of shit you're ever going to hear in your entire life? And if that is a person saying that to you on a regular basis, that person's more unhealthy than you know. All right, they're they're sicker than you think. All right, just know that to be true. So here's what I want you to say. If you want to have belief in them and you know you're not responsible for their relapse, I want you to say this. I can believe in you and not trust you at the same time. Did you know that was possible? That you can believe in something or someone and still not trust it 110%? I want you to think about one of your most important relationships in your life. Maybe that's your relationship with God. And I want you to think about how you can proclaim that you believe in God, right? You believe in God, you know, you, you believe in God, you believe in, in, in whatever that is, but you don't trust God. You question God, you doubt God, you wonder if God's going to pull through. You wonder if God's going to do the thing. You wonder if God's really out to get you. You know, there's so many ways that we distrust. We don't take the leap. We stay safe. We don't leave. We do things we don't want, you know, because we don't trust God, but we believe in God. And you can say to your spouse, who's not God, if you can feel that way about God, you can definitely feel that way about. Rick. You know what I mean? Hey, Rick, I we can believe in you and not trust you at the same time. So I'm over here. I'm rooting for you. I'm supporting you. I'm believing in you. I'm holding the hope. I'm lighting candles. I'm burning sage. I'm reading the Bible. I'm journaling. I'm meditating. Okay. I'm doing all the things because I have belief in you, but trust is yet to come you can believe in a lot of things. You can believe in, in, you can believe in, uh, the journey. You can believe in, um, okay. You can believe in the journey. You can believe in the healing journey. You can believe that the healing journey is necessary. Okay. I have many people that come to me. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to say this. Cause it's, I really wanted to drive home today. You can believe in the healing process. You can know it's important, you can believe it. You can say, I know that if I work with Heidi, I'm gonna get to, from point A to point B, we're gonna heal, we're gonna go on a journey. But many times throughout this healing journey, because we take one for 12 weeks minimum, is the bare minimum that we're together in this semi-private coaching, many people who come in, come into the coaching saying, I believe in this process. I know I need your coaching. I know I need healing. I know I need help. I know I need direction and consultation. I know I need mentorship. I know I need these things. And I can't tell you how many times in the course of those 12 weeks, I lean into my loves and I go, honey, you got to trust the process. We have to trust the process. I see where you're at in the process. I know what's happening in the process. You've got to trust the process, and it's still hard to do because you can believe in something and not trust it at the same time. So hopefully, this has been very helpful for you today. I, I want you to know that this isn't, you know, it's not so black or white, right? And addiction and and and, uh, you know, narcissism and and which addiction looks exactly like, it's very black and white. We want to put people in corners. We want to make them pick this way or that way. It's all or nothing. You know, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's a shit show. You know, it's like it's all or nothing thinking. And it doesn't have to be that way. The middle way is where is more where the truth is, right? I can still love you and be upset with you. I can still want to be with you and and be angry at you and hurt by you. I can believe in you, but not trust you. So we get to have more complexity in our emotions, in our thoughts, in our ideas. And we get to express and share that complexity long enough so that we can feel our way out of it. Okay. I want to hold that safe space for you to be able to do that. So if anytime you decide, Hey, I want her to help me with this. I'm in a relationship where I came out of one, need to heal. I remember we at the Codependency Institute we help people in every stage and every different area of being impacted by addiction. So we have you covered. All right. So you just go over to heidirain.com and take a look around and see what's available for you. And then of course, if you want to go deeper, just schedule a complimentary consultation and we can talk about at least beginning the healing journey together. All right. I love you. I believe in you take excellent care of yourself until I see you again. Love yourself first.